Welcome to Construction Cashflow. In this podcast, we tackle cash flow and construction challenges head on. Join us weekly as we interview industry experts, share stories of triumph and uncover best practices for positive change. If you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Just got a phone call from the Sun newspaper and they're saying they're at the gate of the, the site and they said that you've you guys have just killed somebody on site um, and that you're completely at fault. How do you respond? Do you understand what it is that is the process of how we operate as a business in order to protect and, and to look after health and safety? Or are you just going through the motions in terms of, yeah, it's just a toolbox talk, just sign it here, yeah, it's the induction, have you got any induction? Yeah, have you got your sets? Okay, you're good to go. Come on over here, it's grid line 12, it's a load of path, the board needs to be put there, let's get going. What I like to call the business of safety needs to be included in the whole business as an operation. As an owner of a business, you shouldn't just be looking at the bottom line of profit and loss. You can implement business of safety in a smart way that makes you money and, and actually increases your profit. There's tips and techniques and tools there that people, if they embrace health and safety, it can actually benefit the company by the obvious one, having a reputation for being a safe company that actually delivers a quality product is, in our estimation, one of the highest attributes you could be given as a company in terms of winning more work and in terms of getting your name out there. And so we're always encouraging employers to think of the business of safety as part of your overall business plan within executing a successful company that has a sustainable approach for the future. That's not just all about quality and uh, delivery, but it's also about the delivery of safety within that product. Don't just concentrate on winning projects and having the big marketing guys come out and waving the flag and saying, we're a great company, we want this massive contract. Win the contract on the basis of everything and use safety as, as part of that uh, to promote your business. Create a situation where you have brand safety as a value within your organization. Be the one that can say, yeah, we cost an extra bit more, but look at what we what we can achieve on your projects. If you want to use somebody at a lesser value and undercut us, you're undercutting us based on safety. But in our experience, clients will pay the extra percentage if they know that they're going to have a particular company that has a reputation for safety. Use safety as a tool to benefit the success of your business and the profitability of the success of your business. And don't look at it as if it's a direct cost that's reducing their profit. In this episode, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Gavin Coyle. Gavin is a renowned expert in evolving health and safety culture for business growth. 
with over 25 years of industry experience. Gavin is the founder and CEO of a global health and safety practice. As a sought after speaker, mentor, and author of the book, Workplace Safety on a Budget, he'll show you how to prioritize worker well-being while scaling your business. Get ready to unlock affordable solutions for workplace safety, protect your employees, and safeguard your bottom line. Join us now as we dive into practical strategies with Gavin Coyle. Hi Gavin, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today? Hugh, I'm doing great and thanks very much for having me. I'm looking forward to having a chat with you today. Hi, you're welcome. So Gavin, tell us about your story on how you got to where you are now. Um, got into the construction industry at a very young age. I was about uh, 17, having left school. And at the time, a lot of American companies, global uh, pharmaceutical and uh, the likes of Intel and Hewlett Packard were moving into Ireland uh, in a big way and moving into Europe, basically, and using Ireland as a base. So at the time, uh, there wasn't such a thing as a full-time health and safety person on projects, on construction projects in Ireland. It was a kind of a new phenomenon. Uh, there was health and safety framework, legal frameworks in place, but there was no requirement to have a full-time health and safety presence. These American companies were insisting if the job was to be built at the scale it was being built, that a full-time health and safety resource needed to be on the project. So came out of school, was on the tools, and was told, basically, look, you must be more educated because you just basically come out of school. <laughs> and there's a lot of paperwork involved with this. Uh, you're going to a meeting in the afternoon, so um knew nothing about what I was getting involved in, but uh, instantly took a liking to the whole concept of, well, you're here to prevent accidents and you're here to help the project by making sure that nobody gets seriously hurt. So that concept alone grabbed me straight away. And as well as that, it was new and it was an opportunity to maybe establish a career um, where I didn't really have any career guidance. Uh, going into school, health and safety wouldn't have been regarded as a as a career. And even today, if you talk to some people, they'll tell you, how come nobody told me about health and safety when I was in, in school and looking to go into college? Unfortunately, uh, Within the first two years, I had some major trauma. I had a, a brother of mine drowned along with two other guys, uh, just throwing a football teacher, um, uh, friends and schoolmates, and a freak wave came in and took them out to sea. So the three guys drowned. Um, and in around the same time, I had a young guy on a major project. It was a Four Seasons Hotel in Dublin was being built at the time. And the young guy was working for the contractor that I was working for and I would have inducted him, would have done toolbox talks and stuff like that. I wasn't on the job full time, but I happened to be on the job on the day and I got a fairly loud bang on the cabin door to say there was a man down and uh, when we went into the area where the young lad had been looking for lights, ironically, uh, where there was no lights, he tripped over a uh, scaffold bar and had fallen headfirst into a hole. And so uh it was complete carnage um 
we got him into the ambulance and then it was just myself and himself in the ambulance along with the paramedics um and it was pretty gruesome but he died of his injuries uh, about two days later and so uh, pretty quick i had to sort of uh gear up and say look this is either for you or it's not for you and um i suppose from a personal point of view the tragedy of losing the brother and then from a um, sort of a career uh impact uh they really shaped my um empathy and my uh focus on concentrating on health and safety as a career it's a tragic story about your brother and and seeing the the guy on site that must have really uh changed your life in a way how, how did you did you find going into the health and safety do you find that's what's driving your passion from those events? Um, how has that changed you as a person as well? Oh, definitely. Um, I can see it from the family side. Um, so I can see the, I remember uh, members of the contracting company that I worked with having to go and sit with family members of the young guy that died and sort of, you know, directors having to sit down and talk to the parents and kind of explain to them, by the way, we're sorry we let you down uh by not protecting your son uh it's a very um it's not it's not a humble uh experience it's more of a i don't know it, it, like you need to be very careful it can be very traumatic like the site manager uh that was on that project at the time never recovered from that particular um event and uh he moved away from Moved away from Ireland, went to Australia, uh, and I've been, I had kept in touch with him for a good few years, but I know personally, uh, he just never got over it. Um, and so it's kind of, uh, if health and safety, if you think health and safety is for you, it's, 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 unfortunately, it's a part of the, the professional industry that we're in. And I suppose if you talk to paramedics and nurses and doctors, there has to be something in you that concentrates on, the higher purpose uh okay we've had this massive trauma but you know how do we pull together here and how do we galvanize ourselves and how do we make sure it doesn't happen again and how do we comfort those that are in need of comfort right now in terms of um helping them get through this sort of horrific event and what i found and i've dealt with investigating fatalities uh since not that they were directly impacted to me but i may have been asked to come in and do an investigation an aftermath if you like is that i found there's a great big bounce of enthusiasm and will and want to do the right thing and everybody fully focused and that in my experience usually lasts about six to eight months and then it starts to sort of slowly creep back to the norm of well here's where we were pre um uh, fatality and uh, that's an interesting concept to me is that um how people couldn't keep or maintain those levels of motivation not saying that people were doing things recklessly but you could see that uh, there wasn't a, a whole oh hold on a minute you can't do that guys come on let's now think about it now think about it you know we've had this situation with this young person or whatever you know those conversations kind of stopped and it was kind of like i'll just crack on and do my own thing and yeah i'll do the toolbox talks and i'll do sign off on the 
safe work procedures and all the rest of it. But the uh, human interaction of uh, working together collaboratively and working together as a team uh, from a health and safety perspective, that dissipated after a period of time. That's a disappointment to see, but I think it's just human nature. Is there a way we can keep that enthusiasm going? Um, it's interesting that you should bring this point up because I find from a, a construction cash flow perspective, I'm very interested in what happens, what the repercussions are for families. So if a subcontractor doesn't get paid, he's his business if he goes out of business that affects his wife his children his community and probably 10 times more so with health and safety you know so it's how do you how do you keep that other side of the coin so as you say there's one side of the coin which is the toolbox talks and doing things right being organized on site but to get that motivation for every individual you know how how could you keep that in mind you know the, the devastating effect that if something does go wrong somebody's got to go and talk to the family and what that changes their lives completely doesn't it if there's a, mm. a bad injury to um a loved one a husband a wife on site then that changes everything and and it's a lot of training is focused on how we organize ourselves on site but what about the that other side of it the so-called kind of human side of it i mean how much of that do you kind of put across in your in in your training and your 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 book and your um approach yeah we we actually do a uh exercise with um owners of businesses in the construction industry um it's a very useful exercise where we bring in Key people within the organization, they don't need to be directors, they could be supervisors, managers, charge and foreman, um, but people that have a level of control of stuff that's either going on the ground or in the overall picture of the company. And it's a very interesting exercise to go through. Uh, I would suggest even if you don't use someone like yourselves, that you do it yourselves, uh, um, but get somebody that's independent that doesn't have any bias in the system and you basically sit down with individuals in a confidential uh, environment and you quiz them like as if you were quiz them as if there was a fatality just after happening uh, literally within the last four or five hours and you don't tell them that you're going to have this conversation but you tell them that you're going to have a scenario based uh, discussion with them we call it an interview for want of a better expression, it's, it is an interview. But it's amazing to see people's responses when you challenge them and you, you say things like, the, uh, we've just got a phone call from the Sun newspaper and they're saying they're at the gate of the, the site and they said that you've, you guys have just killed somebody on site um, and that you're completely at fault. How do you respond? and you know all levels of the organization different answers coming back oh, well, I'll, I'll tell them to contact the md and um, i'll tell them to contact the health and safety guy <laughs> you know it's, it's kind of it's chaos it's chaos within a controlled environment uh, that we've created by having the conversation 
And it's not just that, it's, there's other stuff that we, we go on and we, once we'd give us the answer, we sort of then say, okay, you, you tell us contact the safety officer, you know, what do you, what, what do you think the safety officer is going to say? And, you know, and now you're starting to see, you know, do you understand what it is that is the process of how we operate as a business in order to protect and, and to, to um, look after health and safety? Or are you just going through the motions in terms of, yeah, it's just a toolbox talk, just sign it here, yeah, it's the induction, have you got any induction? Yeah, have you got your sets? Okay, you're good to go. Come on over here, it's grid line 12 point whatever, and it's a load of plat, the board needs to be put there, let's get going. And um, it's, it's, that's only part of um, the operation. What I like to call the business of safety needs to be included in the whole business as an operation, as a, as a, as an owner of a business, you shouldn't just be looking at the bottom line of profit and loss. You can implement uh, the business of safety in a smart way that makes you money and, and actually increases your profit because, you know, there's tips and techniques and tools there that people, if they embrace health and safety, it can actually benefit the company by the obvious one, having a reputation for being a safe company that actually delivers a quality product is in our estimation, one of the highest uh, attributes you could be given as a company in terms of winning more work and in terms of getting your name out there. And so we're always encouraging employer, employers to think of the business of safety um, uh, as part of your overall business plan within executing a successful company that's, that has a sustainable approach for the future. That's not just all about quality and uh, delivery, but it's also about the delivery of safety within that product. That makes total sense to make it, I like what you say, the business of the business of health and safety that becomes an integral part of the strategy. Actually, go, just going back to the exercise that you explained yeah. a few moments ago, actually, when I was sitting listening to you describe that scenario, I was actually going cold. I was feeling that I'm never going to forget this conversation ever. <laughs> I just killed, the sun's just turned up at the gate and I've just killed a guy. And it's like, Oh my God! Do you know what, Gavin? I th I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. So I'm sure you've influenced quite a few listeners already into taking health and safety seriously. But it's it 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 goes back to that feeling you must have felt losing a brother and that scenario with the guy on uh, on site. Is mm. that it's that it goes deeper than uh, systems or words. It's that feeling. It's that you know right into your subconscious and yeah i think that's what that scenario does it did for me um yeah so. i think i think you know i see people using and there's there is a good uh we've used people in the past that have uh, had severe traumatic injuries and near fatal uh events uh, on business sites and then they've been brought back into the workplace to meet uh, other companies and to talk about their experiences to other uh, construction workers that has a place and i agree that that has a place um but it doesn't it doesn't create a, a sustainable long-term approach towards preventing accidents and incidents in the place like i've seen guys visibly crying listening to guys stories and, and they're they are horrific it's just a moment in time. What we're trying, what I, what I, what I'd like to see is momentum, 
and you know it doesn't matter whether you're uh, uh, a premiership football team or a construction company you're always looking for momentum and uh, sometimes we maybe take a, um, take our eye off the ball when we do have momentum and we don't recognize that we actually have something that's moving like a train and it's all the processes are in place the systems are in place the work is coming in people know their places within the organization and people are moving in the same sort of volume of effort and health and safety is, is a key integral part of that effort and sometimes companies get it right and they don't realize that they're actually you know they have this machine that is actually well oiled and maybe they lose that that momentum by not having a sort of a, a, a helicopter view of okay this is working really well like how do we maintain this on an ongoing basis and what are the key aspects that are actually driving the momentum here that we have and i don't think people or companies do enough to uh, monitor that uh, on an ongoing basis because that's all we want to know really is do we have a job um, that's sustainable that's going to feed my family and that's going to keep me going because obviously money is the driver for everybody here let's call a spade a spade uh, without the money we don't have a job and we don't have a career and we don't have a family uh, uh, protection mechanism so everything feeds into safety in that regard and we're, what we're trying to say is don't just concentrate on winning projects and having the big marketing uh, guys come out and waving the flag and saying, we're a great company, we won this massive contract. Win the contract on the basis of everything and use safety as, as part of that uh, to promote your business and create a situation where you have brand safety as a value within your organization uh, because you understand the value of winning more projects with major clients um, and we would suggest that you would actually increase uh, the value or dollar value of your projects and be the one that can say yeah we cost an extra bit more but look at what we what we can achieve on your projects if you want to use somebody at a lesser value um, and undercut us you're undercutting us based on safety um, because we 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 have put our extra bit into our company to achieve what we've achieved and we have the right people so we pay them extra so um you know we we give them extra training we give them great supervision we the guys turn up on their job their vans their jeeps everything is immaculate we you know uh, so the whole sort of perception of the company is do you know what you know i want to work with a rolls royce company uh, yeah i don't want to pay through the nose for it so there is a level that, that uh, clients will go to but in our experience, clients will pay the extra percentage if they know that uh, they're going to have a particular company that has a reputation for safety. What companies, what type of companies do you think are taking up that challenge to become branded as a safety company and, and really instill it in their values? What we tend to see, or what I've, from my experience, is uh, companies that actually have a niche a solution or a niche product or a niche service uh, so it's kind of a they're very specialized so they don't tend to want to be challenged on anything that they have because they're specialist in their own right and so if somebody says something about safety well we better box that off because we don't want to be 
you know, we're going around telling everybody, you know, you can go around the whole world, but you're only going to find me and maybe two or three other uh, companies that can actually do this job. So safety becomes a very integral part of their business plan because they don't want any part of their business plan torn to shreds because they're saying that they're probably one of very few companies that can actually deliver that specialist service. So they tended to be the ones that we've seen um, sort of come to the forefront. Whereas, you know, if there's thousands of roofing companies, there's a lot more sort of saturation in, in that. And it takes you a, probably a little bit a longer period of time to prove that you are actually above and beyond better in terms of health and safety than others. Uh, but that's just, uh, unfortunately, that's just a sort of a, a longer stretch of a road that you need to achieve. So if it was a roofing company or a brickwork company that, yeah, it's quite a saturated market. There's lots of roofers, lots of bricklayers. What what would you say to them in terms of how they could stand themselves out from the crowd uh, by taking on the kind of a branded safe, brand safety for their for their business? Would they? Is there something that would encourage them to pick that that up so they could? Uh, obviously operate a much more a safer business but also be more attractive to a client i think the starting point for every company uh, regardless of who you are what trade you have or where you are within the industry the number one starting point is maybe hit the reset button um and have a have a time and a moment and set aside to say look i'm gonna bring everybody together within the company and we're going to have a, an open discussion about health and safety within the company. And we're going to have a very hard-hitting face-to-face discussion about what's working in terms of health and safety and what's not working in health and safety. And who's sort of like, you know, anyone that's got their strong opinions to bring them to that table and maybe even get somebody to facilitate that conversation, that's fine. Uh, you can go and get plenty of health and safety professionals that would sit in and facilitate that or business advisors but definitely have that conversation as an open discussion and put in some sort of key goals and and, um, key indicators that people have said within that meeting so that you've said you said and we've listened and then here's how we've responded and then give that a period of time to show them that you're actually serious about what they ask for. So it could be, look, you know, you keep buying cheap gloves. Why don't you pay the, pay the extra bit and buy a stronger pair of gloves? And, you know, we won't have to change them as much or whatever. It could be something. Don't think it, don't think it's, it's manual because it is, it's important to them and it's important that you listen to them. And really what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is I'm, I'm going back to basics and go back to a basic foundation sort of discussion, which people should be having anyway, but they're not. Uh, and, then you start seeing, okay, who's coming to the table with regards to health and safety and who's being passive or doesn't really want to get uh, motivated about having a safe company. Then you're going to have to have the hard questions about what type of company, what type of individuals do you want to employ that have the same values as you as, as a company? That's a hard one for, because you'll have legacy employment issues where people have been just employed and they're not willing to make the change to go the extra mile and sort of uh, join this health and safety mo- movement, if you like. And that's the, f- the bit that we found with employers that obviously they found it hard to say to people, look, 
we're going to have to let you go here if you're not going to sort of, you know, come and join the whole momentum that we're trying to achieve here. Because really what we're trying to do here is we're trying to create a safe environment, a safe workplace, safe employees, safe uh, projects. And I know that you can do the job, but you have been the person that have been pu pulled up most on not wearing your hard hat, not wearing your, your PPE, not working on the scaffold properly, not working on a ladder properly or whatever it is. And we just can't keep doing it. And, you know, the clients are not, the clients are very aware of who's on the projects these days. It's no longer the situation where the client has kind of, has a, is a, up in a sort of a, a glass box. They're on the ground a lot more than they were ever. And I think uh, your viewers or your listeners will actually concur with that. They're a lot more in tune with what's happening on the ground uh, these days than they ever were. And they see the individuals and the characters that are, you know, happy-go-lucky but don't really care. Um, and they also see the guys that are happy-go-lucky but also very professional in how they uh, apply themselves. And it's, it's the implied version of uh people's attitude towards health and safety that comes across to the clients because the clients mightn't say anything but as they're walking through and they see the guy that's totally on it in terms of how he does his job and how he does it safely that that actual um buzz if you like feeds back into the client and the client um will remember that in the next tender meetings or in the next meetings, whatever that's and actually start things becomes things actually start to become easy when you when you're working with really good people and you know the price is right, the people are right and the conditions are right. Construction jobs are brilliant to work on. They're you know the buzz and the enjoyment that you get out of them is second to none. And from a safety perspective, when I used to do a lot more inspections than I do now. I used to get a great buzz off um, going onto projects and doing maybe audits and stuff like that, where you were feeding off the enthusiasm of the guys that were doing the job because they knew, and you kind of you didn't have to have a discussion about it, but they knew they were on a safe job and they knew they were making good money and they knew that the client was happy and there was no drama. Um, the drama tends to appear for us when the job is not pre-planned uh, pre correctly and safety is part of that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I can. It's palpable when you're on a site that's really uh, attuned and, and um, committed to health and safety. It kind of, the whole site feels different. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing how, how that is. And you, you know that people are committed to their health and safety rather than compelled to do it. I think that's a big difference, isn't it? And yeah you know contractors main contractors see that because a, a lot of the particularly the larger main contractors are pretty well committed to health and safety far more than they used to be and uh yeah. you know they can see if a guy is compelled or committed can't they they can yeah uh, and like it's back to the word momentum again uh and momentum only comes from a collaboration of people working together with the same um vision and unfortunately maybe on the principal contractor roles they don't do enough with regards to pre-start workshops and pre-start or uh, pre-project workshops where they pull everybody together and say look guys the last job was a bit of a mess we're going to fix things this job is going to be better and um, tell us what you think how we can do better 
from a principal contractor point of view and we'll also explain to you where we felt things were working against us on the last project whether you were on the last project or not let's have an open forum and let's kind of come together with a charter if you like um of we're all fully committed and this is the values of the project and let's all stick to that and if we all stick to that we'll all reap the rewards of that as well and they don't have to be donuts or breakfast rolls on friday for everybody but you know uh it should be just a good sense of you know what i've i'll jump out of bed in the morning and i love going to that job mm. so you've written a book gavin on health and safety tell yeah. us a bit more about the book who it's who it's kind of aimed at and who should be reading it and, and what what kind of problem uh, did you have in mind that it gets over you know i understand it's health and safety but yeah. you know it's getting people into self health and safety isn't it well it's it's a book for everybody um it's on amazon it's workplace safety on a budget and my main focus on it was uh our core business provides safety contractors into the oil and gas power generation wind energy utilities business and it's very it's a very premium type um uh, model and we get a lot of um communications from from companies small to medium enterprises looking for help with health and safety but the cost of air guys to uh help out these smaller guys it's not something that they would have a budget for and so it, it kind of it was known at me for a long time that we kind of you had to say no to a, a lot yeah you'd give them some sort of advice over the phone and stuff like that but you were leaving out a large uh, chunk of uh the industry um, because we had created a kind of our own niche if you like in in the markets that we were operating in so we i wrote this book in, in with a view that you know anybody uh can have a high standard of health and safety regardless of whether you're small medium or large and here's how you can do it so all of my experiences and my um sort of uh, life experiences within health and safety and within predominantly in the construction industry uh, is in the book and then all these tips and tools and techniques of how to cut back on spending of health and safety but also obviously then still allow more money in the kitty for profit and, mo and moving your company forward but also having a sort of a, a, a kind of a clear strategy for your business for health and safety so you know um uh, i don't want anyone to have an excuse that there's a, an elitism or a class distinction between those who can spend uh, millions on health and safety and those who can't. And I think that's what's happened with health and safety uh, over the last 20 years is that there's been this sort of a bridge where, well, you know, fine for you to go and, and buy a brand new Caterpillar. Uh, but I, I have to stick with my, you know, Massey Ferguson here <laughs> with, a front, with a front loader. Um, you know, there's, there's ways and means about how you can be smart and back to the business of safety but there's ways and means about how you can be smart to save money and if you're a large multinational organization maybe you want to look at the book and, and, and open it and say you know what maybe we're spending way too much on safety and we need we could cut back on it and we could spend that money on other things like paying probably a higher salary to certain people who we know can hit the ground running and are really good at what they do I, I think people should be thinking about that and, and uh, repurposing money for the right reasons into the right areas and not just saying, right, you know what, if anyone asks us, are we a safe company, we can tell them we spend 
X amount, a hundred thousand on health and safety or or whatever million on safety a year. So we must be doing something right. That's not that's not necessarily the the um, it's not the right answer, and we all know that. So it's a book for everybody. And if somebody's mm. wanting to uh, to go into the a career in health and safety, it's a brilliant career. There's a massive shortage of health and safety people in globally, as every, as anyone will tell you. Uh, there's more work than there is health and safety people. We know that. So if someone was thinking about getting into health and safety or was a health and safety professional, the book also will um, help them in their uh, day-to-day operations. Well, you received a certificate, I noticed, was the uh, Safety and Health Asia. Tell us a bit more about that. I did. Uh, you've been doing your research. <laughs> um, the Safety and Health Asia uh, is, a, is a fantastic organization that is promoting health and safety. Uh, it's actually uh, one of the guys is from the UK, uh, but based in, uh, in Asia. And uh, it was a, an influencer uh, certificate, basically, just to say that I had a, an impact in terms of um, the health and safety industry, and they just wanted to recognize that. Uh, we had done some work in the Middle East in the past and uh, work on worked on some major projects. So. Uh, it was nice to get the recognition. Interesting story. I I used to outsource some of our estimating work, um, project management work, to an office in Hyderabad in India, and used to visit there a, a couple of times a year. And looking around the construction sites, the health and safety, we thought ours was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no edge, no edge protection. You know, ten stories up and and yeah. all of that sort of thing. And you cringe walking past. So any influence in uh, the Middle East, in India, those places would probably yeah. wouldn't go amiss. No, well, but look, um, there is socio-economic uh, conditions that do have an influence. Let's um, not, you know, we all we're all aware of that. But like, you should have a standard. And this is a question that we I get asked quite a good bit. It's like, you know, if I'm based in America, or as um how do i you know if i go into another region i'm kind of concerned about how i can adapt to the local regulatory environment and stuff like that it's it's not so much about that it's about what's your uh standard uh what's your international standard for health and safety so iso standards uh you know they're one of the benchmarks and the, and in the middle east they're highly regarded but also osha is is uh, held within high esteem in terms of some, of a standard that can travel across the across the globe. So you know people shouldn't be uh, concerned about trying to fit into the local regulatory environment. You once you've built your culture and your standards and your you can you can you have this model that is you know a powerhouse and health and safety is on point. You can travel anywhere in the world with your business uh, and deliver that. Uh, without having to make too many significant changes going into different countries, yeah, some forms might be different and might have different definitions, but that's a that's something that can be easily solved. I'm passionate about health and safety, but I'm also passionate about businesses surviving and being successful as their own standalone identity. And I think that's what I want to get across with your listeners today: is that uh, use safety as a tool to benefit the success of your business and the profitability of the success of your business and don't look at it as if it's a direct cost that's reducing your profit uh, there's smart and very effective ways to make you look better as a business uh, that you're not just a logo and that you'll win more business 
because you'll have a, a higher reputation once you uh, once you get once you solve the health and safety side of things. And it's it, again, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a whole team running around the place to focus on this. These are simple things that you can do within the business that will raise the profile of your business at, at, a, at, a, at a higher level than your competitors. No, that's a great message, Gavin. And for anyone listening, go out and get Gavin's book and you can get it on Amazon. And particularly if you're a small business or a tradesman that you've, you've now found you've got a business and you're concerned about building a culture of health and safety, get in touch with Gavin. Buy his book on Amazon. Where else could people get in touch with you, Gavin? So we set up a website uh, about two years ago, gavin-coyle.com, and uh, Coyle is C-O-Y-L-E. And that website is uh, pretty much on the same mantra as the book, which is let's provide people with free courses, free safety courses that they can do that's an instant hit that gives them information. Let's provide them with budget courses that are, okay, they're not competency-based courses, but they give the supervisors and management team and anyone else that wants to learn sort of instant hit health and safety information that they don't need to be spending a whole day or two days or three days in a course. Yes, there is uh, competency-based courses that need to be done, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to create, uh, reduce all the barriers uh, so that it creates uh, uh, access for people to go to a website, download toolkits and templates and forms for free to get information for free and to get courses for, for pretty much next to nothing. I think it's twenty nine ninety nine. most of the courses are that are there. And if anyone has any uh, suggestions of courses that they'd like us to add, we go ahead and we build the, the courses. We put the courses up online then for people to get access to so that we create this whole culture of let's work together, share together, and let's make a, a safety accessible to everybody. That's yeah. what it's all about. So thanks so much, Gavin. And before you go, have you got a time for a quick fire round? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, as long as it's not quick fire round. <laughs> it's only motivational and inspirational. You can pass on any question you like or phone a friend or go 50-50. So the first question, and I do this with all the guests, it's on every every show. So yeah. hopefully it won't be too painful. So first question for you is how do you start your day um, i go to the gym and that's how i start my day is kind of uh, i don't really look at emails or get involved with any sort of communication on a business perspective until my head is clear when are you most productive i would suggest that i'm productive uh, all day every day until i go to sleep because um i have a i have a scenario within my lifestyle that is um, anything I'm doing, I'm in the moment of, and I'm present. And so I'm focused on what I'm doing at that time rather than um, sort of dealing with the, my, what might be. What's something new happening in your life right now? What is something new happening in my life right now? I don't know. Uh, I'm getting old. <laughs> That's new every day, isn't it? <laughs> I can't live with that one. <laughs> what does what does adventure look like to you? Adventure looks like having fun with your family and your friends, and just 
loving life as it is and just not taking things too seriously. I know that sounds sort of ironic coming from a health and safety per person, but um, you know, we need, we're here to live a good life and it's a short life. What thing would you love to do that might surprise your friends and family? I wouldn't mind going back and being a DJ, maybe. It might be something completely left field from where I am. Uh, I like music, so. Name a challenge you overcame that changed your life. Oh, definitely the uh, loss of your brother or any loss of a sibling, obviously, for anybody um, in a traumatic environment where, apart from I had this discussion with uh, people, is... Is it better to lose someone on a long on a longevity scale where you know they're sick and it's going to take maybe six months or a year, or is it better just okay? It's not better in any scenario, but is it easier to to lose someone uh, and just to have it an instant and it's gone? Definitely, um, most of the conversations, uh, all the conversations have been. Uh, it's better to have the time to say goodbye um, rather than. The person being stripped completely from you without you without any notice so um for anybody listening obviously you know value the people around you have the conversations with the people and don't leave any regrets behind you who or what inspires and motivates you uh that would have changed uh uh throughout my career um but i would i would have to put it down to my mother who who's since passed and my wife and uh, both female influencers within me as a person and me as the professional and uh yeah i definitely think um i've taken a lot of their knowledge and their experience and their guidance and implemented it into my own sort of um mindset what does success mean to you success means that I have a, a situation where I don't necessarily have to depend on money and uh, number two that I enjoy the life that I have both professionally and personally. What advice would you give to your young self? Well, uh, <laughs> I, that's a good question. Um, I would suggest to spend more time on the uh, health uh, side of things uh, as you as you when you're young you're Teflon and you know you're taking on the world but you're not really thinking about the impact on yourself physically and mentally and I think that uh, you know let's see a lot of young people today and they are actually you know putting a lot of time and effort into you know keeping themselves healthy um, but I, I also see that there's a major gap between those that are sort of maybe overdoing it and then there's people that are actually doing nothing um so there is a happy medium that you, you should be able to get and i didn't have the happy medium i just ran at a thousand miles a minute and never thought about the health impacts not that i have any residual thank god issues from it but uh probably should have spent more time on the health well thanks so much gavin it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast I know I've taken a lot away from it. So thank you so much. Yeah, I'm happy to send a few copies of the book as well for your uh, listeners, uh, Stu, if you want to um, give a few copies uh, for free to people just to validate their listenership. 
Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do. To yep. Cheers, Gavin. Cash Thanks. Thanks. Next year, take care. Pal. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so, so you never miss an episode. And remember, the faster cash flows, the faster wealth. Give right. us a rating and review.